0: Hi, my name is Jenny and I'm here on a work experience placement at Photo Moments. Welcome to the podcast. Today I'm going to be speaking to local author Louise Beach about her debut novel, How to Be Brave, which she published with Orenda Books. I began the interview by asking her to give me a short summary of what the book is about.
1: I suppose essentially the book's about bravery and all forms of bravery. Um, It was inspired by the moment that my um, daughter, who was 10 at the time, who has type 1 diabetes, which is the kind of diabetes that is random and it happens often to children, and you need round-the-clock injections and blood tests. And I suppose she had what you'd maybe call um, a little bit of a breakdown in a way, and she refused to have her injections. And so we were trying to get her to have her injections in every way that we could. We were um, blackmailing her, you know, saying, we'll give you more pocket money and that kind of thing. And nothing worked. So in the end, I turned to something that I love, which is storytelling. And so I was telling her made up stories and she was saying, well, these are not very good. I want a really, really, really huge adventure story like Harry Potter or something. And so I started to think about my grandfather's story, which is an immensely epic story, um, true story of his um, time lost at sea during the war for 50 days on a lifeboat with 13 other men. And so in little instalments, I told Katie this story in exchange for her having her injection. And in the end, she was so absorbed in the story that she started having them. And so that's what inspired the book. Um,
0: when I was reading the book, I couldn't work it out. But who who were your target audience?
1: Oh, that's a good question, because to be honest with you, I never think about that when I'm writing a book. Um, People often ask me, say, what genre do you write, for example? And that's another thing that I don't think about. I guess the target audience, rather than being a certain niche of people, like an age group or a gender, I guess the target audience was possibly people that are going through something where they're struggling. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be an illness or someone who's lost at sea. I guess I was thinking of people going through difficult things and hoping that it might inspire them
0: what what inspired the title of the book
1: uh, it had a lot of titles actually uh, it was originally called uh, blood for words because in the book they exchange um, in you know sort of the blood of the injection for the story it was briefly called back to the sea um it was briefly called maybe today' a ship it had all these names and I kind of knew that none of them was quite right it didn't summarize the whole thing and then there's a line in the book where the little girl Rose who's a fictionalised version of my daughter I suppose you could say where she's trying to kind of in her own nine year old head assess what it means to be brave and she comes out with the lovely line which my daughter actually said in real life once she said when you know how to be happy and you know how to be sad then you know how to be brave and I knew when I wrote that line in the book that that was my title
0: How long did it take to
1: write the book? Um I'd say about six months for the like the first draft. Uh, when I say the first draft, I mean kind of writing every day for a few hours and just you know just getting the whole thing on page, so to speak. And then I tend to like to let it what I call breathe, where I maybe leave it for a while, you know, come away and go back to it again, and possibly then another four months maybe. So I suppose a total of about a year until I was I had. I I had a good version, good enough version. Did you ever get
0: writer's block or
1: anything? And was there anything that you did to stop this? Um, Do you know what? I've never, ever had writer's block. It's, It's weird. When I sit down to write, it's almost like I've often got too much to say. Anyone who knows me well knows I'm a bit of a chatterbox. So I feel like in my head I've always got all these voices too. So... Touch wood, so far, I've never (laughs) had writer's block. Yeah, I can always find something to say. Where do you get
0: inspiration for your similes? Because they're they're very extravagant. Like, for example, one in the book was um, Tears built behind my eyes like froth on coke poured too fast.
1: Um, Thank you for that compliment, by the way. If you want to know a secret, seriously... When the original version that I'd written, when my publisher edited it, she told me off for having too many similes. And she was right, because I literally used to have them everywhere. I'd have about 10 on a page. And she said to me, they're lovely. But she said, for them to be more powerful, you need less. Let's scatter them a little bit more. So I kind of had to pick the best ones. So I think perhaps the reason they maybe are extravagant is because I went with the best of, say, 10. I'd say pick three. Um With regards coming up with them, I always like a simile that somehow parallels the themes in the novel. So, for example, when I was talking about her tears building up, I thought of the fizzing coke can because that's what um, Rose has to drink in order to bring her sugars up when she's low. So I always somehow just like to tie it in with the themes, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, and I think that always makes them a little bit more special, hopefully.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And... What did you want the reader to take away from the book? I guess I wanted them to take away
1: that... Sometimes people compare bravery, so to speak, don't they? If somebody's just having a bad day, say, and they complain about it, we often belittle those people, don't we, in life, and say to them, oh, there are people starving in Africa, don't grumble. There's this happening in the world, don't grumble. And I think we shouldn't do that because for some people getting through the day, you know, if they have, say, mental health issues and they get through the day... That's as brave as somebody say was on a lifeboat out on the sea trying to survive day to day. So, yeah, I guess I wanted to just explore bravery and how in big and small ways, we're all brave at some point in our life. So
0: you said that um, you told the story of your grandfather to your daughter in real life. Why did you decide to do that?
1: What made you link the two things together? In honesty, there was a little bit of a spiritual thing that went on because when I was trying to come up with a story to tell her that was good enough in her 10-year-old, judgmental, critical eyes, (laughs) um, I'd been having dreams about my grandfather at the time, which was really, really weird, especially since I never met him in real life. And when I was a child, I used to often feel like he was around me. And when I was ill myself as a kid, I used to often, sometimes think he was in the room or he was sitting at the end of the bed, and I would I'd smell the sea, and kind of this um, scent of what I called old men aftershave, you know, the things that smell of someone older. And I, again, when Katie was ill, my daughter, I felt again as if he was around me in some way. So I was thinking of him anywhere, and I, it was so it was almost as if he put the idea in my head to share the story with her. So this
0: was your first book, but you've got. Two more novels published: The Mountain in My Shoe and Maria in the Moon. Is the fourth book
1: there definitely is? Yeah. There, funny enough, yesterday I'm not allowed to reveal it yet, but I've I've just seen the cover, the mm-hmm. cover for what will be the fourth book. It's called The Lion Tamer Who Lost. It will be out in September. But what's weird is although How to Be Brave was the first published book, it wasn't the first one that I wrote. It was the fourth one that I wrote because it took me ten years and four books to finally get a book deal. So the book that's out this year in um, six months' time, I think was the second one that I wrote, so <laughs> I get confused because there's been that many. But yes, there will be another book this year. Was it
0: easier to find a publisher after you published your first book?
1: Luckily for me, my publisher liked me enough to then publish the next few books. So when she published How to Be Brave, um, I signed a one-book contract, which means that she's obliged to publish one book. The next book, The Mountain in My Shoe, I signed another one book deal. But then when Maria in the Moon came out, um, it, her company was getting bigger. And one of her really, really big writers had been um, taken, shall we say, by a bigger publisher. And I think she was a little bit nervous, maybe about losing some of her writers. So I signed a two book deal for Maria in the Moon last year and the one this year. So I'm fingers crossed, hopefully I'll be doing that again, which just give you a little bit more confidence knowing that, you know, you're kind of safe for two more books. So
0: have you, do you like to read your reviews and what the public actually <laughs> think about your books?
1: I do. Yes. Yeah. So, some writers don't because you do get some really nasty reviews. The, um, the general reviews go gone, Goodreads, which is just book lovers put stuff up there and Amazon, which is by the people who've bought the books. Um, and a lot of writers say to me, don't read all your reviews because it can really hurt when you read the bad ones but I kind of think that the bad reviews keep you humble and they make you try harder because you can't please everybody and sometimes a bad review might have some really good advice in it where you think oh yeah maybe I do do that and but third of all you do get a bit of a laugh because I've had some very funny bad reviews um I've had ones like I had one that said um it's written like a children's book and not even a very good one. Um, and, and one was, um, I've read a lot of books and this is the worst one I've ever read. And I think you've, you can, you can, all you can do really is laugh at that and just take it with a pinch of salt and just think, right, I'm never going to read that one again. So, yeah, but it's nice to read the good reviews.
0: That was Louise Beach and my podcast interview with her on the first week of work experience. Thank you for listening.